Hey, are you a fan of those personality assessments like the predictive index and the disc assessment? Then this is the episode for you. We're talking about how people respond to change and how there's a tool that you can use called spiral dynamics to assess how people will respond to change. That's all coming up in this week's episode. Welcome to Small Shop Fundraising, a podcast dedicated to small to medium-sized nonprofits and the topics and issues facing them today. I'm your host, Liz Hack, and we have on the show today, Susan Roberts. She is the founder and owner of SCR Consulting, based out of Carroll County, Kentucky. And we're going to learn more about what they do and a tool she uses called Spiral Dynamics. Welcome, Susan, to the podcast. Thanks for being here. Hello. I'm so excited. I'm so glad that you said yes to being on the podcast. We have so much fun talking. And to tell the audience, we met because of our kids. And we actually realized that we have a lot more in common than just our two children. And we have been talking about business and consulting and the state of Kentucky and the state of the region and the state of the nation um, for going on, what, two years now, Susan? Two, yeah, two or three, back from the before times, as I call them, when we could hang out and talk every week during swim lessons. Right. Yes. Pre-pandemic days is what someone mm-hmm. else called them, back in the good old days. Tell us about SCR Consulting and your leadership journey to owning your own business. It's a really interesting long story that I will cut kind of short. So I work in the education sector and I always have ever since my first job out of college 13, 14 years ago, I kind of fell into education. That wasn't my major. Uh, My undergrad is English. So I realized though, when I started working in the community college setting that I really liked education And not only that, mainly education in relation to adults. So from there, I started working in the adult education classroom, just teaching part-time night GED classes. And it's kind of all the rest is history, as they say. I did get my master's in education, and I quickly learned that adult education, especially 10 plus years ago, was very different as far as what teachers were given as support tools and the knowledge that they had about educational practices. Many in adult ed are not educators by trade. Uh, They were like me. They just went in and started teaching classes uh, without really understanding the uh, andragogy, which is the adult version of pedagogy, and standards-based instruction. You know, uh, any best practices for teaching was kind of foreign. So I started leading that work for my local program, which then became leading it for the state of Kentucky in a contracted position. And Kentucky actually kind of leads the way in adult ed for the rest of the country. So I was able to grow my business from there, uh, going into different states, um, leading, as I said, mainly standards-based instruction and soft skills infusion for curriculum. And then I also write curriculum for uh, publishing companies uh, like PBS, KET. I mainly started working for myself and doing my own thing because of the kids we just mentioned. Uh, the, my business allows me to primarily be at home 
and prior to in the before days I was either at my desk at home or in another state typically so I would go and, and do trainings and things but it's been wonderful I love what I do I'm so glad to hear that Kentucky leads the way in adult education. So many times people only focus on what we don't lead the way in in Kentucky. And so I'm glad to hear that we've got one good thing going for us in education. Let's uh, let's switch gears a little bit to what you were telling me about before the podcast, which is spiral dynamics. And I likened it when I was reading all the material material you sent to kind of like a personality test and I love personality tests I love the Enneagrams I love you know the disc assessment all of it and so I really got into this uh, the spiral dynamics and wanting to know more and fundraising and marketing in nonprofit world and I think for marketing and sales in any sector, the relationship and understanding how to communicate to one another is so important in sales and fundraising and marketing to your audience. And so I really wanted to, I wanted to learn more about what this spiral dynamics was. So can you tell us what spiral dynamics is and then we'll kind of jump into it from there? Yeah, absolutely. I was actually in California at, in a retreat like setting years ago when just as an aside to what I was participating in, the speaker mentioned spiral dynamics and started talking about this process. And it was mainly in relation to an article that Ken Wilbur is the guy's name who has come up with spiral dynamics. And it's not a new idea. Like you can look up Ken Wilbur and that's an ER at the end of his name and spiral dynamics and find a book that's been out of print for like 15 years. Uh, I had to pay $40 or something for this out of print book to get it. (laughs) But what was fascinating to me is rather than being a personality type of assessment or test, or it's really about looking into how people see the world, number one, and then therefore how they respond to change and different things going on in the world due to the way that they see it. And it just answered a whole lot of questions for me that I had always had as far as, you know, we're all different people. Like, why do I see this situation in this way? And Liz, you may see it in a completely different way. Why is that? So what I really started to notice is organizations, if they had an awareness of, and it's a coloring system, it's like a color-coded system. If they had an awareness of where their coworkers or employees were on this spectrum of how they see the world and their place in it, it would be a whole lot easier to make change effective, um, work together, and pull on each other's strengths. So it has just been a kind of a, a nerd quest for me to learn even more about this. And that's one reason I've created my course about it on my online platform. And I love to talk about it because it, it just clarified a whole lot of things for me about interactions with others and, and especially organizations. Okay. So it's similar in that you kind of assess yourself and the people around you of how change impacts them and how they respond to change. Is that right? Yeah, you got it. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so this is so important right now because, you know, as moms, we talk about how things are changing every single day 
with education or with CDC guidelines. Um, as business owners, we, we talk about how the culture is changing and the client need is changing. And so to be able to assess yourself and assess the others around you as how they're going to respond to change, this has got to be huge right now, right? Are people really getting on board with spiral dynamics? I, I think so. And whether or not people are aware of what, you know, what they're doing, what it's called, I don't think it's still permeated, but it's, it's very visible. So for instance, the whole idea, and like I said, it's a color coding system. I'm going to take you through the different spots on the spectrum, and we can even talk about it in relation to the pandemic right now. And uh, to kind of, as an example, does that sound like a plan? Let's do it. I can't wait. I'm so excited. Okay. Okay. (laughs) So number one, I, I always like to say, just because this is where someone falls does not mean there's anything wrong with that. There's, it's not like being fully enlightened is like the goal. There isn't really a goal other than to understand other people. So I always like to start with that because the first level, the first color, I call them the purple people. Purple is a group of folks who feel that it's kind of a magical, mystical type of development. They think they can't impart change themselves. There's nothing they can do to change their situation. Uh, They're stuck there, not by anything that they have done, but just the world's against them. So that we certainly see people who have that mentality. And it makes sense a lot of the time why that is. You know, we we certainly know there's a huge economic disparity right now um, that's ever widening. So there are certain groups of people who, for instance, see the pandemic as, well, you know, there's just nothing we can, it's all doom and gloom. There's nothing we can do to change it. You know, why would I put a mask on? What does it really matter? So mm-hmm. that's like the lowest end of the spectrum. Then next up from there, someone though, who is red, someone will come along and say, hey, no, 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 we got this. Um, I can, I can fix it. I can lead us. I can really impact things. Just listen to what I say. It's someone who's empowered. And that's a good thing. We need we need to feel empowered. And so they can help lead the purple people, if you will, in a way that makes sense to them. But then the red people sometimes have trouble seeing the bigger picture beyond themselves. They more or less want to uh, do it to get some power. Now, I don't know if there's anybody in charge right now who might fit that bill, but um, <laughs> I'll let you be the judge. So then from there, we want people who turn blue and they start to see themselves as part of a group and that there's a mission, a common thing that they, they're working toward. And hey, it is actually better if we all work together, but they're about self-preservation of that mission typically. You know, they're against anything that's going to affect that in some way. Then up from there, we have orange people, and this is where I lie heavily is I say, well, you know, I see the value of the group, but there's a group beyond your group. And let's look at the data and follow what the data says. Uh, This is the people who, you know, a a lot of what we see on the news right now, it's how many more studies are there about who's gonna cough into a Petri dish on the news tonight to show why you should wear a mask? Well, if you're not a data-driven person, if you're purple down here, you, you don't care about that. So the data people are really necessary to help kind of show, but depending on where you are on the spectrum, you might not care about the data. It might be that that's 
completely unattainable to you because you don't have your basic needs met. Up from there, because we're almost to the end, up from there is green, and green says everybody matters. Everybody has a voice. Yes, the data is important, but we also have to make sure we feel good about this, that we're doing good things in the world, but they're often sometimes even short-sighted themselves in that um, when you say everybody gets a voice, that really does mean everybody. So even the people you disagree with get a voice and that causes some, some problems. Finally, yellow people, they just kind of transcend and include everything that has come before. They uh, are able to speak to everybody in a way that makes sense to them and that reaches them in a way that imparts change or empowers. They know how to deal with the ones who are red and who are really strong themselves independently. They know how to speak to the blue people who are in this group over here and in this group over here. They can talk to the data people. They can show the data, but they can also show how it impacts things for green folks. So it's all about this gradual, almost waking up to see how change can happen to benefit everyone. So that is spiral dynamics in a nutshell. Wow. Okay. A few questions. That's it's really cool how we have kind of categorized where people are in the, on the spectrum of spiral dynamics. However, can one person move through each color or is, you know, if I'm a blue person, I'm never going to be a green person. Great question. So absolutely, you you will typically move. And that's why it's called a spiral as well, because it's not like it's not like I'm a data person in every aspect of my life. So I always use an example of me going to yoga like four years ago. I had never done yoga in my life. I was I'm always afraid I'm going to hurt myself anytime I like bend down to tie my shoes because I don't stretch very well. So in that situation, I go into my, my little yoga studio and I'm raging purple, like I'm disempowered, like I'm going to hurt myself. I need somebody who's going to make sure I'm taken care of and that I feel safe. So my, for me, in that instance, my yoga instructor was my red person. You know, she was the one who came and said, no, 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 we are going to be fine. I'm not going to let you get hurt. She didn't actually say these things, but I felt a level of comfort. <laughs> so I was purple in that situation. Um, I am certainly yellow in some situations. I'm certainly blue in some. So, that, but the idea is, yes, you won't always stay purple, hopefully. Um, that's where it's really nice how these different folks can work together to draw on each other and, you know, move each other forward is kind of the, the plan. All right. So you can be one color for, for yoga but another color for change within your maybe household or learning a new career path. Is that right? Yes. And, you know, one thing as a, as a speaker, I always, I, so I learned something really interesting, and this is a, an applicable example for the workplace with this. I think I was in Maine. I was either in Maine or upstate New York leading a training a few years ago, it was on, I think, uh, soft skills infusion. So how you teach adult students um, the, the soft skills they need to be successful in the workplace, like showing up on time and 
Uh, so how in the classroom do you do that? So I was going through all of these, you know, tools you can use and this online and that online. And I didn't realize that until someone raised his hand and said about this whole side of the room, we work in corrections and we're not allowed to have pencils. I just was like, whoa. So those people are now looking back. I didn't know about spiral dynamics at that time. Like they were completely disempowered. And here I am trying to talk about data, you know, or like really concrete things you can do. They don't have pencils. What do you do when you don't have pencils? You know, so it's just, it's an awareness that if, if you can focus on being aware of, and I've since changed how I talk in groups because of this, I try to be aware going in, okay, who are the disempowered people going to be? How can I get them to read? How can I get them to, to take a little ownership and feel like they have somewhere they can go and something they can offer? How do I move them also to, to blue so that we can get you know, a focus on improving your program, improving your company, and on from there. Okay, so let's talk about a nonprofit example with some of this, because it sounds like it would be helpful to put it in practice. So Mm -hmm. I'm going to pretend that I am, I'm a development director at a medium-sized nonprofit right now in this pandemic. I don't feel like I've got control of the situation. I don't know how we're going to you know, raise any money. I'm concerned that we'll have to close our doors or furlough or lay people off. I'm feeling very out of control. What can leadership or not even, maybe not even leadership, Susan, maybe a coworker do to help move this, this development director who is in leadership to a, a better place of the situation? Are there any tips for moving people along, along the spiral? So in that particular situation, what I would recommend is, first of all, if the person is aware that they are feeling that way is one thing, uh, which isn't always the case. So that's why it's kind of important as someone in charge that you are kind of aware and more or less labeling, but not for a negative reason, labeling folks just so that you know, you know where they fit. So this person you're talking about is certainly purple in this particular instance. And the best way to get started talking to purple people is just like I was saying with the the corrections folks. If they don't have pencils, I need to be aware of that. And not that I'm going to be able to give them pencils. It's not that I can't change the, the, you know, state law. We can't change what's happening with the pandemic. But if we are aware of something that we can help change for that person for the better, uh, a situation that we may have some control over or point out that they have control over, even one little thing can kind of unstick somebody and get them, you know, to, to think beyond just their immediate needs and things that they cannot control. There's always something we can control and can do. So if you can find even one little in with that, that's a good place to start. Perhaps, though... This person is not a perp is at purple, but is is in blue. You know they're uh, they feel like they're a part of the group, moving towards change and self preservation. Is that a place where people can can stay a- and be supportive of the overall mission of a of an organization, or does that person need to find a way to transcend along the 
spiral? Not necessarily. There's really nothing wrong, you know, especially if you're running a business, you'd love to have a whole bunch of blue people because you have a common mission. You have something you're working on together, right? That's the whole reason you have this this nonprofit or this company. You have something you're trying to accomplish and you want team members who will help accomplish your goals. So blue, if you can get people just to blue, that is wonderful. Uh, now that's not to say you're not going to have some data folks in there who can help, you know, drive that side of things because sometimes you have to report to donors, you know, how much was given and in what way and how it was used and all of that, you know, the folks who track grant um, management, that sort of thing. You're going to want some orange people. You're going to want some red people. You're going to want some people who feel really empowered and, you know, are passionate about what they're working on, but they're still going to be in, in the blue too. So, you know, that's where I kind of talk about trying to identify your center of gravity. You know, once you look at and think about, well, this person might be purple, this person might be orange, but are we more or less blue? Are we more or less green? Green is a great place to be as an organization. So think Google. Google is definitely green. You know, Facebook, green. It's like, it, it's the stereotypical hippie, which is not really true, but, you know, where but everyone matters. Everyone matters. Everything matters. Mm hmm. Um, whereas blue, you know, political parties are blue, churches, even the military are typically blue, all good things. So there's nothing wrong at all with, with being blue. And we expect there to be a lot of blue. So are, yeah, are really, blues, um, very loyal to their yes, mission and to the mission of the organization? Okay. Extremely loyal. Mm -hmm. Yes. Which is a good thing. Yeah, mm -hmm. absolutely. So I have a question about yellow people. Do you want a lot of yellow type of people in your organization? So that's a that's a tough question because there aren't all that many people who are yellow, to be honest. Um, okay. If you are an organization that is so green that all you can do is focus on making sure everybody's heard and represented I mean, somebody's got to like balance the books and pay the bills. And so it can be kind of hard to focus on the day-to-day -day things and even the mission because it becomes this amorphous thing that just keeps getting bigger and bigger sometimes. So yellow, though, they recognize that and can reel it in. Uh, so yellow is great because you recognize being loyal to whatever your mission is or your organization's mission. But you also think about its larger impact, but not out of control. You know, you're, you don't get you don't get off in the weeds. You still understand where everything is going. I don't know if that answers that question. Yeah, I think it does. So, so these are great ways to characterize people within a transformational period. The spiral dynamics help people get through transformation, or does it just identify people where they are in that journey? Usually with change, there's a beginning and an end. Yes, that's a good question. So first of all, one thing that I have folks think about is identifying the type of change they're wanting to make. And there are really three categories to that. There's a vertical change, which means pulling people and places into something completely new, like a revolution. Like I was, you know, serving, the whole purpose of my business was an after-school program. Well, 
that's not happening anymore. Now we're going to be, I'm going to make this up, of course, we're going to be making face masks instead. That's a big shift. That's like a total change in how things are, are being done and what the mission is and everything. And sometimes businesses and, and organizations go through that, to say the least. So that would be a vertical change or almost like a 180. A horizontal change usually just means further developing something that's already happening. So, you know, let's go with the after school example and say that that was still a thing. Uh, rather than just doing after school now, because so many folks are struggling to work at the same time as schooling their kids, maybe now we're moving into a full day supportive environment in which we have a computer lab and somebody to help facilitate kids as they plug in their headphones and get, you know, plugged in for school while their parents are gone. That's a horizontal change. So you're building on something you're already doing. And then sloped is kind of in between the two. You may already have the groundwork laid. You're already, you're thinking about something you're already doing, but you're still pulling it in a new direction. So it's somewhere between the two. You're not necessarily doing your after school thing um, anymore, or you're not doing the, the full day thing. Maybe you're shifting, you're still staying within an education, caregiving situation, but it's going to look totally different. So those are the three different types of change. And once you can nail down and identify what type of change you're making, you know how then you can talk to different people to motivate them to help join you on that journey toward change. Because language is a big part of how folks are going to react to what you're, you're trying to get them to do. And the, the way that they see the world again, if they don't see it in a data-centered way, then saying something like analysis shows this will propel us in a totally new direction. That's not going to feel very good for that person. Once you identify the type of change, you can then think about how to talk with others about it to get them all back on board. What kind of change do you feel like is happening in general because of the pandemic? It sure seems to me that they're, you know, especially in the education world and, you know, even nonprofits, food pantries, things like that, I think they're digging in even more to the mission in those instances. So they're more looking horizontal. Mm -hmm. It's, we're already doing this. Yeah, it's really different, but you know, how can we expand on what we're already doing? Sloped is another option in there. I don't think people are moving vertical right now in general. I don't think we're all about pivoting. I kind of pivot back and forth sometimes in my own work. I've added in a financial coaching component to my business and that's t entirely new. So that is a vertical change for me. But at the same time, it's still education and it's still coaching. So it's, it may be more sloped. So I think most folks are in the, the sloped category right now. And a lot are probably still in horizontal, but not too, too many are abandoning everything they're doing to go make face masks, which would be a vertical. Right. Yeah. So for example, yesterday, I was learning about the different things that the Ronald McDonald House of Kentuckiana is doing to support their families who are still with them as their children are in, ho in, in hospitals for long-term care. And they had to figure out a way to still provide a meal for their f the families who were still in their 
their care at the Ronald McDonald House while not, you know, allowing volunteers who normally do their meal Mm -hmm. preparation to come in and do it in their brand new state-of-the-art commercial kitchen. (laughs) And what they decided to do was to partner with other uh, local, I think mainly local restaurants to cater uh, those meals. And I'm not sure, you know, the cost or anything like that, but that is how they got, that's how they changed their delivery of that service. Mm-hmm. So would that be a, a sloped or horizontal? I would think that would probably be more sloped. And, you know, that that's a really common thing now. We're seeing so many, and it, it's wonderful that connections are being made you know, right now, everybody in the world, for the most part, it's unusual, has a common goal, which is to get rid of this thing so that, you know, quote unquote, things can go back to normal or, you know, more importantly, like people are staying healthy and, you know, not dying of this, etc. So it's really neat to see even some unlikely partnerships coming out of this. And that's where, you know, if you think about the, the slope, it's between the two types of change. That would make sense, too, if you have two different or multiple organizations joining. They're changing some, but they're still mainly doing what they do best and drawing from the strengths of, of other partners. So that's a great example of sloped, I think. This has been so interesting, learning about where people are in change, especially right now, identifying what change looks like and the types of change. If, if our audience wants to, you know, learn more about it, where, where can they go? Good question. So I, my online course platform, which is scr.academy, that is the URL, as if it was like scr.com, it's scr.academy. I have a whole um, asynchronous course on this called Moving Forward Together, which is leading people toward lasting change. Uh, and also uh, for, for your audience, I'm going to pull some of my tools from that course and they are on uh, the resources page of my, my home site, which is scr.consulting. So I'm going to pull some of the, the templates and the tools that I have from that course. Just to, one of them is the, called the color survey. This, it's going to give you um, different statements that you can then think, how true is that for Bob in accounting? Is that true for uh, Sandy over in food prep or whatever? And think about, um, if so, you're gonna ha- it's gonna help you categorize your folks a little bit. So I'll put those tools on scr.consulting. Okay. Check out, I mean, it's a, it's a dense read, like it's kind of boring, but S, um, the, the book, Spiral Dynamics by Ken Wilber, if you've got 50 bucks and a bunch of hours, you can pick that up on, of course, Amazon or eBay. All right. We will put all those options in the show notes and on our Facebook page. Uh, thank you so much for pulling those resources that the color survey, everybody loves to do a personality type survey. I think it's fun. It's so much fun. I'm going to have to do it myself. I think uh, it's fun. I found myself again, when I learned about this, like there's a purple person over there. That person's, Oh, I, oh raging orange. That's what you get when you're raging orange. You know, it's just fun. <laughs> Um, what color do you think I am, Susan? Oh, goodness. <laughs> I'd say, I'd say you're probably yellow, Liz. You're in like the upper yeah. echelon. Of, Look at that. Yes, I you're think sucking so. sucking up to the host. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we're going to wrap up here really quickly. 
uh, I always ask my guests some one common questions. And so just really quickly, tell us one thing you love about working with adult education. Well, there's a, a common saying in adult ed that if you, you change a, an adult's life, you change a family tree. So I've worked in K-12. My husband works in K-12. Love it, but it's not my mission. K-12 is not going to be as effective if we have an uneducated parent population. So changing adults' trajectory through education just has a ripple effect that is unimaginable, you know, from everything to our workforce to, you know, of course, the, uh, the growing up of children in those environments with better educated parents. That, that's why I love it. And I love supporting teachers the most because adult educators are really underappreciated and underknown even. And so the more I can support their work, uh, the better all of this is for everybody. So what is that one thing that you love less about working in adult education? There is either underfunding, uh, sometimes we are underfunded in adult ed, but even if it isn't, even if there, there is money available, it's always approached, especially from the state standpoint, I work with a lot of states, but even local programs, there's what I would call a perceived lack of resources for them. And if that's the perception, if they feel purple, if you will, it's really hard sometimes to impart change in a place that there isn't enough money. Or even if there is, it's not everybody's, you know, pension pennies and that sort of thing. Sometimes that's really frustrating for me. Everybody wants something free in education. And we, we know what free can get us sometimes. So that's frustrating. Yeah. Great answer. What about one favorite resource you'd like to share? Well, one thing that I, and I, there are lots of resources that I love, um, but most of them are like for classrooms, for instance. But one thing that I love as a business is, well, um, I'll have to choose. Do I love MailChimp more or Snappa? Everybody knows about MailChimp probably. So I'll yes. say Snappa and that's S-N-A-P-P-A.com. And it's a cool little just graphic designer website that takes about five seconds to to make a pretty cool little post. So I'll get on there and, you know, make something for my Twitter. I'm only on Twitter, so it's just more fun to look at a picture, there's a cute little graphic of text than for me to just type something in. So Snappa is my favorite. What about one thing that you see in adult education that is impacting diversity, equity, and inclusion for the sector? Well, adult education has always had to be very focused on that. We have such diversity in our in our student population. Adult ed serves ages 18 to 64. So wow. it doesn't get much more diverse than that. <laughs> uh, every county in the entire country is required to offer services in some capacity. So we're in the inner cities of Chicago all the way to the very rural parts of Georgia where if I go down there, I don't get cell service. So it's always on the forefront of everybody's minds in adult ed. We have to serve such a vast array of folks. Literally, they're all always thought of all the time. And so I think we really lead, lead by example in that way. That's amazing. I hadn't really thought about that, but you're absolutely right. This is not a new important issue for everyone to be heard and everyone to have a seat at the table. I'm just really glad there are sectors like adult education that might be able to to show 
national successful models for doing that kind of work so that people in other sectors can see you know the good things that are coming from from adult education for example Mm -hmm. thank you susan for being here if people want to connect with you or learn more about scr consulting can they find you on linkedin or twitter or uh, email yeah so my email's on my website which you're going to put that in the, the notes you said. Yep. Uh, I'm also on Twitter, which is you can get there from my website too, but it's just at Susan underscore E underscore Roberts. And I mean, I mainly post work related things, occasionally repost like pigs in clothing. I mean, I keep it pretty, um, pretty work based, but okay. you know, the occasional celebrity tweet might come out occasionally. <laughs> Okay, we will add that to the show notes as well, how people can connect with you to learn more about spiral dynamics or adult education or how um, SCR is, is impacting that sector. Thanks again for being here, Susan. This has been Small Shop Fundraising. I'm your host, Liz Hack. Thank you so much for listening.